greenish yellow. I guess it's working, right? Well, it's great to be here. See all these familiar faces and some new ones. Um, how many people have heard us talk about Servants Heart Ministries before? Okay, so there's a number of you that haven't, so that's a good thing because I'm going to do a little bit of a recap on where we started and where we're at now. So those of you who are familiar with us, just uh, play along. And those of you who haven't heard from us before, pay attention. No. <laughs> so Servants Heart Ministries, uh, 2005, Don and I went on a one-week missions trip with uh, our local church. And um, that turned into uh, 18 years of ministry. So be careful. <laughs> be careful with what your wife encourages you to do. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah, so 2005, we went on a missions trip, and then we went for a one-year commitment, and then we felt God telling us that our commitment hadn't uh, been completed, and so we needed to return, so we went back, and, and that's, um, yeah, that's 18 years ago, if I'm doing the math correctly. Praise the Lord. So what do we do? Well, we believe in equipping, empowering, and effecting change in people's lives. And we do that primarily through education. But education is, is more than what we would consider maybe primary school education and so on. It talks, it's, it's, about, it's about empowering people to change their lives uh, not only academically, but spiritually as well. And so as we work in communities and as we work with people, we speak into their life because Jesus has asked us to, to help others. Amen? So we've been blessed with some amazing folk to work alongside of us. And this is Dariel and Rebecca and their two children, Dariel and Mariel. And uh, they are a huge blessing to Servants Heart Ministries and to the people in the communities in which they serve. So as part of the empowering aspect of Servants Heart Ministries, we believe that um, if we're to empower people through education to change their lives, uh, we need to also empower local people to be able to minister to people in their own communities. And what we found was that while Donna and I spent many years there ministering and doing what God asked us to do, we found that um, when we allowed or encouraged or, you know, uh, Dario and Rebecca to um, use the gifts that God had given them, that a lot of things changed. And so they were able to speak directly to the people of their own community, their own culture, and, and there, was, uh, there was just this exponential increase in effectiveness in what God was able to do in the community. And so now we have this amazing group of people who work alongside of us. And these co-workers work diligently day in and day out to minister to the people that God puts before us. And part of the work that we do is we believe very strongly in that we want to bring people in and almost create a place of refuge for them from in their daily lives that they can feel that they are loved and accepted and they are, are being able to grow in Christ and grow as individuals. You know, the Bible says, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, 
and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. Matthew 11, 28 and 29. And you know, when Jesus spoke those words, what he was telling people is that he was a place of refuge for them. The same as the church here is a place of refuge for people. The same as you and your community can be a place of refuge for people that you come across every day in your life and that can come to you and talk to you and ask for help and ask for guidance and ask for that, that feeling of acceptance and understanding and that through Christ you can minister to the people. Amen? So if Christ said, you know, come unto me and all ye that labor and are heavy laden, we need to be and do what God said to do. Amen? We need to emulate that. So we have several projects that God has led us to develop over the years. And one of the projects that we do is the Loma Project. And the Loma Project is where it says there are a place where hopes and dreams can grow. The Loma Project was a community that we were um, introduced to um, when we were and we still are, but while we were building houses for people. And what we do, we would find people living in abject poverty. And so one of the, the hosts on the left you see here is basically the conditions that we would find people in. And so with help from mission teams and churches and, and teams like your own that has come in the past and will praise the Lord, Lord willing, come again next year. Amen? We are able to speak into people's lives and build them a new house. Now, it's not the Taj Mahal. It's not, you know, your, your, uh, your biggest and your best. But it is a place of refuge for these families. They're able to come home. They're able to find security and comfort in knowing that they have a place that they can come to. And once people have a home built for them and they have a place that they can come to, it changes their life. Because instead of looking at survival, they now look at the future. And they say, okay, what can we do now? It's similar to somebody paying off their mortgage in their house, and they say, okay, now what's our, what are the possibilities that we can do? It's when a church pays off its mortgage, and it says, okay, how can we redirect that money into more ministry and how we can help other people? How can we help to grow maybe the local food bank, or how can we do you know, a new pregnancy center or, or something like that, right? It's, it's the possibilities that come from that and, and, uh, and looking to the future. So while we were in Loma working and we're building houses for people, at the same time we were building relationships with people. And they were coming to us and they were saying, okay, we need help in certain areas. So we need help with, you know, our children's education is suffering. And we need help with our, our young people because they're, they're not doing well um, when it comes to their activities and what they're involved in in life. And so... By listening to the people in the community and by having relationship with the people, we prayerfully move forward with developing certain programs and activities that would allow us to speak into their lives and to help them where they felt they needed help, right? So instead of going in from outside and saying, you need help here, we ask the question, where do you feel you need help? And out of those responses, we were able to start different programs. The programs were great, but we had rented some space here and there. And I have a picture of Pam doing a Bible study with a group of women sitting in a big circle in a lady's yard because we were using that space to do our women's program. 
And this is all great. But then we felt God telling us we needed to invest in the community. We needed to put down some roots in the community from, from our, a ministry's perspective. And what that did was that spoke into people's lives and that said, okay, this is, this is permanence here, right? They're not just renting space here. They're not just doing this over here. This is permanence. And so we looked around for a property, and God impressed upon our heart to, uh, that $50,000 was the, the amount of money that we were going to spend. So we prayed, and we looked around, and we came across the property, and it was, it was nice. It was, uh, it was an unfinished building, and uh, we talked to the homeowner, and they agreed. And so we uh, set to work raising money, talking to churches and teams that were coming and so on. And this was about mid-December. We had teams coming in mid-January that were going to start working to renovate. So I get a call from Dario, and he says, the guy wants an extra $15,000 for his property. And I said, no. God said $50,000 was what we were going to spend, and that's what we're going to spend. And he said, well, he's not going to sell it for that. And I said, well, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to have to do something because we have teams coming. The money's raised. We have it ready to go. We need to find something. So he calls me a couple of days later, and he said, you're not going to believe it. We found another property, and that other property is this one. So it was a larger piece of land. It was a finished home. Uh, the, uh, it was ready for sale. I won't go into the details of the legal process that you have to, the hoops you have to jump through in the Dominican Republic. It's, it's certainly not the same as here. I can just, just leave that with you. And it was $50,000. And that was God working in advance to prepare us for the purchase of this property. So we've been there several years now working on it and advancing it. So we've, we've advanced to this where we added to the bottom, we added to the second floor. And then I just took this picture when we were here, when we were there about four weeks ago. And, and you know what? That's not all. In the back of the property, we've also started a second building. It's not a great picture of it, but there's a second building in the back of the property where we're going to have storage for uh, ministry storage for equipment and tools and what have you. And then the second floor is administration for the ministry and the people that are working in the community and so on. Isn't it amazing how God provides? Isn't it amazing how God goes ahead of you and sees what is needed and then provides that just at the right time. And I can tell you, in the last 18 years, I have story after story of God providing for us just in the right time. And I've driven myself nuts because I like to know. <laughs> it's like, what's our budget for the year? You know, okay, good, you know, whatever. And then all of a sudden, you know, oh, well, dear, that's not happening. And then it's like, oh, okay. And then the Lord provides, and you go, thank you. So it's been a journey that I've been on, and I've driven my wife nuts. <laughs> honey, what are we going to do? Don't worry about it. We'll pray about it. Yeah, but honey, what are we going to do? Anyway, praise God. So he provided, and uh, we were able to move forward with that project. 
and God has been doing some amazing things. So we have the Loma Project where we have a number of programs. And how do we do that? Well, we provide funding for that through our Hugs for Kids program, of which this church sponsors seven children in the Hugs for Kids program. Thank you very much. God bless you. And the, yeah, that's right, the pictures are on the bulletin board. So take a moment to stop by the bulletin board and look at your children that you are supporting in the Dominican Republic. So Hugs for Kids Child Sponsorship is how we provide educational programs for a number of different children in the community. And they, it, it's an after-school program that provides them with supplementary education but it goes beyond that, and it does music programs and language training and a number of other issues as well, there are areas as well. And excitingly, we have a new program that we just started this year, and this is our new preschool program. So a lot of children in the Dominican do not get the care and attention from their parents that we would provide our children in, you know, when they're two, three, four years old and they're developing and we want to teach them how to you know, draw pictures or we give them little skills or fine motor skills and so on. And so children are tend to, to be left to develop on their own. And so when they enter school, they're used to just being able to run and play and do what they want and, and they don't, they've never probably held a pencil in their life. So our part of our preschool program is to give children the advantage when they go into the school system so that they do have some of these skills and has been very well accepted. Now we've started with 13 kids and because we have limited space. We have potential, our director told us we have potential for 75 kids to join this program. So what do we need? Well, we need more infrastructure, we need more support, and we're able to do this. But part of the program as well, and I'll tell you something, um, the program is designed to be run with excellence. And part of the people that children go to, the, to go to this program are paying for it themselves, okay? So we have people with, every country have people of affluence, amen? Some of the people in the community that have the resources are willing to pay for their child to go so they do not need sponsorship. But we don't want to have this as an exclusive school program where only the rich are able to attend. And that's where sponsorship comes in because it levels the playing field and it allows people that are underprivileged and unable to afford to go are supported to go through churches such as yours and individuals. So it gives everybody an opportunity to take advantage of a, a very well-run, very um, advanced program that allows these children to excel. And so God has led us in this direction because we really feel that we want these children to have every advantage in life. We want to give them every opportunity. It's up to them to what they do with it, right? Same as it's up to us. We can be given every advantage. Matter of fact, as a Canadian, I think I have been given every advantage. It's up to us to determine what we do with that. I won't speak any more on that. <laughs> We also have an I Am Different program where we have young women who are uh, learning to say, I, I am different. I don't have to follow the norms in the community and the norms of what I'm being told in society and go down that path of destruction. I don't have to do that. I can be different. And so the program is designed to speak into these young ladies' lives. And so here we have one of our mission team members who was just there recently, and uh, they're doing a baking class. 
part of the baking class is not just teaching her how to make muffins or, or I guess the next one they're doing Rice Krispie squares, they tell me. They say they were good. <laughs> I didn't get any, but anyway. <laughs> but it's not about just baking Rice Krispie squares or making muffins. It's about building relationships. It's about allowing those young women to come into a setting where they can feel that they're not being judged, they're just being loved, they're being, they're being, they're being taught, they're being, things are being shared with them, and it's a time of growth and understanding and acceptance. So it's about relationship. It's about that place of refuge, the same as we have here in the church, that place of refuge where people can come in and they can feel that they are loved and accepted and that God loves them and that we love them. Amen? Has anybody here ever been in Boy Scouts? Did you do the Cub Car races? No? You did? Okay. All right. Well, if you need to know about Cub Cars in depth, talk to these folk afterwards. So Cub Cars and Boy Scouts is they take this little kit and they make Cub Cars and they have these little wheels and stuff and then they have this track that runs down and you have like three cars side by side or whatever and then you race them and then the winner, you know, their fastest car. I can remember putting dry graphite on my kids' axles on their little plastic wheels when they were in, when they were in the Scouts. <laughs> but uh, so this team brought down, I think it was 300 car kits or something. It was like they really went over the top. I'm like, that'll last us for years. But anyway, so they, did, they built cub cars with the kids. Again, it's not about building cub cars. It's about spending time. It's about building relationships. So they built cub cars, and then they had their races. And I don't have a picture of it here, but off to the side, there's about 80 community members that came out to the cub car races. And then there's a video of them doing the wave as the, you know, the cheering section. It's a, it, was, it was awesome, right? So it, it's community involvement because they want to see, you know, uh, uh, their kids and their activities, and they want to know that they are, they are having opportunities to grow and to learn as well. So the after-school program is about academics, but it's also about activities and relationships and skill sets and, re and all kinds of different things. But of course, all of that would mean nothing if Jesus was not part of the equation. Amen? It's extremely important that we, we teach these kids and, and people in the community that Jesus is the answer. You know, they can have all the skills they want. They can have all the education they want. They can have all the, the activities they want. But if they don't have Jesus in their life, it's for nothing. It's for absolutely nothing. We also host mission teams, as you know. And over the years, we've had a, a, a large number of people come from this area uh, and from this church. And what really excited me um, was that the church, it wasn't exclusive to this church. There were many people from the community at large. I see Glenn sitting down here, and, uh, you know, these folks, I don't think you go to church here, do you? Um, but how many times, how many trips were you on with Bathurst? Five or six trips? 
I can remember coming I remember coming to John's funeral a number of years ago and seeing at least two rows of people sitting here with different mission team shirts on. The commitment to helping others is tr a tremendous thing. And you, you have been such a huge part of what is going on in the Dominican Republic and changing lives and affecting change that it's just, it's a legacy that will live on for generations. Not only here, but there as well. Because you change lives for generations. And we're so thankful for that. So this is Darlene McDonald. She's a retired nurse. She's from Miramichi, I believe, area. They were just down on a missions trip. So spent time working with children and helping the babies and doing health checks. Another lady was doing some painting and so on and so forth. This is Sharon House, and, and, and she's a friend of ours from Ontario. Her and Tom, they decided to go down while Donna and I were there. And, of course, Donna pressed her into service. Get it? Pressed her into service? Well, well Sorry. <laughs> Donna's rolling her eyes back there in the booth. And you'll see that in the display outside. It, that cloth that was done, every one of those handprints are from children that are in the program. And it's a representation of, of the help that these children are being given. Take a moment to stop and have a look. This is Vic and John. You say, how old is too old? I'm going to tell you something. Ruth too old is not, you know, yeah, you come on back down. <laughs> so the last time John and Vic were there, uh, John, uh, John's the guy on the left, and uh, no, sorry, that's Vic on the left, John's on the right. Uh, I think John is, I think in his, at least his mid-70s. And um, Vic, the last time Vic was there, he had a little walker, and he had the little container for his oxygen, and he would work for a few minutes, and he'd sit down for a few minutes. And I said, man, what are you doing? Like, you know, I love, I love your commitment, but this is, this is, you know, I'm a little worried about you, you know? And uh, that was his last trip. He's still with us. But that was his last trip. He just doesn't feel he can do any more. And I mean, he was there every year for, I think, 13 years he came. And, and he just loved coming and helping people and doing the work that God placed before him. And it was his way to contribute. So, you know, mission teams are a huge part of what we do. This is a pastor from Point Church in Miramichi drinking too much coconut milk. You know it's too much when. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> and then afterwards, we had a team debrief where we sat around and we talked to the family. 
and uh, where we built the host uh, uh, this spring and and had a time of sharing and a time of singing and a time that just of just fellowship together. And we heard different team members express how much they um, appreciated being able to be there and help this particular family. And interestingly, they went and they bought a Bible to take and give to the family at the dedication service. And they couldn't find exactly what they were looking for, but they had two choices. And they said, I'm going to choose the pink one. So they bought a pink Bible to take down to the family. And when they presented it to the mother, the mother said, I want to tell you something. She said, my old Bible has fallen apart, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And you not only replaced my Bible, you gave me a Bible with my favorite color. Was it God? I think so. We do have a number of projects coming up. This is the back of the front building. We want to extend a patio area out so that we can have outdoor meeting space and we can also use it as underneath that area so that we can have the kids in the preschool program have an outdoor area that they can play and they can, and they can do some of their activities and so on. This is Robin Hallahan. And Robin and Simon lead, head the team up from Point Church, and they've been there four or five times, six times, whatever. Um, and I think, if my understanding is that this was the first time that they sat down and actually did uh, projects with sponsored children, as, because part of the program is that if you come down and you, and you have sponsored kids or you represent a church that has sponsored kids, you get a time to sit down with those children and interact with them and do a project and do an art piece of artwork or what have you to do what? To build relationships. And while we were there, Rebecca told the team, she said, you know, I'm a sponsor child. She said, I grew up in a sponsorship program. So I'm a product of these types of programs. And she said, my sponsor never came to visit me. And she said, I always wondered what was wrong with me. Why were my other friends, sponsors coming to see them, but mine wasn't coming to see me. So Robin took time to spend time with the children, even though they weren't her sponsor children. But she took time to sit down with them and play with them and do the program with them because it's all part of that relationship and that, and that time of, of, of coming together and to, and to love and support each other. Amen? And we have Donica's Dream. Donica's Dream is our Pregnancy Resource Center where we provide education and resources for moms and their babies um, so that they will be able to have healthy, happy children. Donica's dream came about because of a little girl named Donica that came to live with myself and Donna for a couple of weeks. I'll read you her story. Developing a simple infection for most of us is not life-threatening, but without seeking or receiving medical help, it can be fatal. This is the story of Donica Lopez. What started off as a simple infection turned into something that took her little life. On August 1st, 2007, she slipped into eternity and into the arms of Jesus. No longer will she feel pain and abandonment. 
Even though Donna could die before she could leave her mark on the world, she left her mark in our heart. Centro de Salud Donica was opened, now converted into our pregnancy education center. It was opened in her memory so that other children would get a chance to leave their mark on the world. Not by dying, but by living. So Donica, Donica was um, abandoned by her mom. And uh, her dad was doing what he could, but he was a day worker. He would leave her alone with the neighbors um, to look after her. And they would just basically sit her on a blanket on the floor for six or eight hours. And she developed an infection. And, and by the time it was brought to our attention, it was too late. So Donna and I felt to open Donica's dream which, is, which was a medical clinic, because we didn't want children to suffer and die. So we spent a period of time working at this medical clinic and, and improving the health of the people in the community, not by just providing them with medications or putting Band-Aids on, but providing them with the information they needed to be able to improve their health, better nutrition, better, better ways of looking after themselves, clean water. And so over time, what we saw was a definite drop in the need for the medical center to be in that community because there were other medical centers in the surrounding area that could um, look after what needs were there. But, but the amount of infections that we saw and the amount of things that were occurring were dropping. And so we sat and we looked at it and we said, okay, well, what do we do? And we did recognize that children were still being left behind. So we felt that we needed to pour all of our efforts into educating moms how to look after their babies and how to look after their children. So that's what we did. So as we, as we switched over to the pregnancy center, we decided that we were going to, to really try and pour into these mothers' lives. Now we have a tremendous group of, of ladies that work there and one of the things that we're very concerned about is that the moms that come into the pregnancy center have a tremendous amount of emotional need and, and they need a lot of comfort and they need a lot of healing. And so I said to you know, our director, I said, well, but how does that affect you as an individual? And they said, well, it's hard. So they meet every morning for one hour for Bible study and prayer and to talk and to basically support each other before their day starts so that they will be prepared to go into a work day ready to serve and help others. Part of what we do there is we do counseling for moms and their babies and we provide them with a opportunity to sit and talk to our, our counselors about what's happening in their lives while they're talking to their Counselors, this is Jenny, our director. She's doing a health check, making sure the baby is growing and advancing and, and is, is uh, you know, it has proper weight and so on. And then while that's happening, we have another person who is going through and they're getting supplies and putting together a small care, a weekly care package that goes with that mom so that will help her look after her baby and, and meet her baby's needs. And this is just a little, a little video 
showing the um, storeroom and the donated gifts and supplies that are able to be given to the moms and their babies on a weekly basis. And so for that, we say thank you very much. And of course, you recognize there are some things that just are not available in the Dominican Republic. And that's things like prenatal vitamins and so on. But there are the things that are also able to be purchased there at a very reasonable price. And so coming up in May, we have our Dollar a Day in May annual campaign, which provides uh, the majority of the funding that we need every year to run the pregnancy center for the entire year. So in that one month, we raise the majority of the money we need to be able to run the pregnancy center. And so what do we do? We do a $31 gift to the pregnancy center um, to be able to represent that $1 a day in May. It's 31 days in May. Um, we have had churches that have gone out and different churches have different resources and different makeups and, and so on, and I recognize that. We had one church last year that set a goal of 200 gifts. And by the end of the month, they had given over 300 gifts for a total of $11,000. And you know what? That, along with several other churches that did what they could, we were able to meet our budget for the year for the Pregnancy Center. It's a true answer to prayer. So what are we saying? Well, we're saying that Don and I stepped out in faith. And we stepped out knowing that, or not knowing where God was going to take us, but knowing that it was what God wanted us to do. And we all have a uh, responsibility as Christians, to follow God's leading in our life. Amen? And we all have a responsibility to accept that prompting that God gives us in our spirit, through the Holy Spirit, to do the work that he has asked each and every one of us to do. And each and every one of us has a different role to play. Amen? We all can't be missionaries. If we were, who would send us, right? I mean, you know. But we can certainly, we can certainly do our work for Christ on a daily basis with the people that we meet, with the people that we come across through where we work or where we, or the clubs that we belong to or I don't care, the golf course, you know. We can minister to people on a daily basis. We just have to follow God's leading and prompting in our life to be able to do that. Amen? So as we step out in faith together in our lives, can you imagine the possibilities of what God can do? There's a lot of need in this world and a lot of hurting in this world. And we are the people that God has placed here to make a difference in people's lives. Amen? So, several ways to get involved. Well, first of all, we'd like you to pray for us. Pray for our co-workers. 
and the people that God's placed before us in the Dominican because prayer is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing that God has given us to be able to communicate needs and, and things that, that, um, that are on our hearts. And if they're on our hearts, I think God has placed them there. Amen? Consider sponsoring a child at Donica's Dream. $31 a month. Because while we do raise the bulk of our money out of our, our dollar a day in May, we do have a, a monthly sponsorship program that some people have chosen to join us in that provides um, consistent uh, financing throughout the year that allows us to plan properly for increasing the capacity of the pregnancy center. Right now, we have a capacity of 60, and uh, we're pretty much at max, and there is opportunity to do more as God provides. Or sponsor a child through our Hugs for Kids program. Like I said, this church sponsors seven children. Their pitches are on the bulletin board. And uh, we certainly appreciate that. And I know there's individuals in this church that sponsor as well. And last but not least, come on a missions trip. It will change your life. I know it changed my life. So thank you for allowing me to give you an update um, as to what God is doing in the Dominican through Servant's Heart. Uh, we've certainly appreciated our partnership over the years and what has been able to be done. Uh, we can't do this alone. We cannot do this alone. And so we thank you very much for, for all your help that you've given us. And please remember to pray for us. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Phil. I, uh, yeah, we're actually planning on a, a trip uh, spring 2024, so uh, next, next February, March. So if you're interested in being a part of that, that mission trip, we're going to be having an information night in about a month. So just keep your eye open to uh, the EB update, and there'll be information coming through on that. And uh, we also, we, so we have participated. I'm going to ask the worship team to come while I'm talking. Thanks. Um, we have participated. Uh, we, some of you would remember the baby, baby bottles that we did before. Uh, we don't so much use the baby bottles anymore, but it's uh, but now it's the dollar day in May. But so we've participated in this fundraising spring fundraising effort for a number of years with Servants Heart, and we are doing so again. So uh, you may want to consider whether you can give, you know, one gift of thirty-one dollars for the month of May, or maybe you can give two or three gifts uh, for the month of May and that we would be able to, to bless uh, Servant's Heart this year. So let, let's stand. We uh, just want to encourage you that we, as I said before, one of the themes for servant's heart, I think, is community transformation. And you got to see some, uh, some great, you know, great presentation of, of homes built 
families and lives changed, uh, children, you know, babies rescued and and, uh, given hope, Um, families given education, all of those, all of those amazing things. Um, But, you know, as, as I think Phil alluded to at the end of his talk, um, we're about community transformation here too. We want to see lives changed, families changed, neighborhoods changed. And God has, God has planted each one of you in a neighborhood to be the light in that neighborhood, to be a part of community transformation. And so I want to pray that God would bless Servant's Heart, that God would bless Evangel as we do the community work He's called us to as well. And then uh, uh, if you need to go, you're, you're free to go. Um, we, we are going to take some time to worship. And if you would like prayer, our, our breakthrough team is going to be prepared to, to pray with you uh, for any needs you may have today. We have a, we have a miracle-working God. Amen. And if you need prayer in any situation in your life, physical healing, uh, breakthrough in some area, we'd, we'd love to pray with you today. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for your, your love, your mercy, your goodness in our lives. Thank you for uh, the work that you are doing through Servants Heart Ministries. We're an amazing team that they have. We've, we've got to know some of the, the team members there. And God, we just thank you for them that you have called uh, these people to, to serve in this way. We pray that you'd continue to use Servant's Heart for community transformation. We pray that you would bless each one of their programs, each one of their, uh, their projects, that, God, they would, uh, they would have the impact you've called them to have. Pray that you would bless uh, Phil and Donna, that you'd continue to bless them with health and strength and wisdom and as, they, as they lead this team. And Father, we, uh, we pray that you would bless us, uh, Evangel, as we are, you have planted us in neighborhoods for the transformation of our city. God, move in our lives. Pour out your Spirit upon us and move in a way that, God, we would see you uh, actually uh, transform homes, transform lives. We are, we're excited to see what you are what you're up to, what you have been up to, and what you're going to do, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. The display in the lobby.